Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. But today we have a special guest. Today we are excited to welcome a friend of the pod here. He's been on the pod a few times, Stephen Bagel. Back to the show. Stephen, always great to have you. We are have you on specifically to help us talk about the Bulls trade market and if the Bulls want to you know, blow this thing up, what we can do. But uh, how have you been, man? Uh, how, how's Bird's Rights doing? You know, uh, what's up with you lately? So as you guys both know, and as a lot of our listeners and sports either's followers know, it is the time of the year where we're going to be starting up the mock trade deadline. Um, both of you are participating in it. Trey is actually, I believe Keith had the Bulls last year. So this year we are giving – Trey, the Bulls, and Keith, I believe I gave you, just so we have it on here, Sacramento. Okay. So last year we had 15 people help us out. News (laughs) to me. This year um, I'm having 30 people help us out. It's all either beat writers or reporters or podcasters for a specific team. I have some NBA, CBA, or salary cap or front office experts helping us out that got assigned to the leftover teams. And, yeah, I'm super excited for that exercise. So I do have a 120-page, I guess, a trade deadline primer slash guide that's going to be converted to a PDF and sent to all of the participating GMs. But I'm going to turn it into some form of either an article or post it on Twitter or something for people who just follow along with the trade deadline, see what they can expect each team to do. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here, talk bulls. They should be one of the more – you know, interesting debates on what they should do at the trade deadline. I think them and Toronto are definitely the two teams that we need to keep an eye out for, of teams that thought they might have been contenders and made moves to think they were contenders, but now might have to, you know, go a different alternative. Yeah, I don't know if, um, Trey, I don't know if we would normally do this show this early in the season, but, uh, you know, we have to just kind of come to grips with the Bulls. They've been disappointing. I mean, you know, we were talking about the, the uh, record a little bit before we came on here, but 16 and 20. That's not where we want them to be, right? No, it's definitely not where we want them to be. <clears throat> Zach seems to continue to getting – he's getting healthier. His defensive effort's improving, which has been uh, just a huge bright spot for me. It, I do feel like that they seem to be trending upward, even if they they continue to stumble against big playmaking teams. But – it's just uh, – it's been a frustrating start to the season. And you're right, it is a little early. It's it's rare for us to do the trade uh, podcast. But I would like to state all of these trades are hypothetical. I am still on the team. Ride it out. Wait and see. Because I, I want to see with Lonzo. And if you, if you have to blow it up next year, then blow it up next year. But I – I'm not all for blowing it up this year because if you if you suck and you end up getting to keep your pick because it lands in the lottery, great. But if if you can make the play in that that's ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the truth is the Bulls are what four or five plays away from being you know instead of 16 and 20, they could you'll know, be a, a 20 and 16 team, and, and that puts us, I believe, in in the playoff race here. 2016, I believe, yeah, we'll put us above the Pacers in the sixth spot there. So, you know, I'm not like all doom and gloom on the Bulls, but, you know, it's just common for you to hear across, you know, NBA Twitter or just Bulls fandom, you know, well, even if we are a, a sixth seed team, even if we do get those those wins that were losses, you know, what is the point, right? It's like you're not playing. We don't really believe in this team as a championship contender. DeMar isn't a young young buck anymore uh he's only got a few years left probably Vucevic all you know obviously uh probably going to see a a decline a sharp decline maybe a sharp decline I don't know we'll see how that goes but a decline in his play uh coming up here you know the next next couple years uh and you know Zach I mean he's younger on the younger side but you know he's going to be by the end of his contract uh you know one of one of the older people so it's not like you know we're sitting here on a bunch of young talent it's you know I know a lot of I've heard this before, too, and, and Stephen, maybe you can chime in on this because you're kind of an outsider here. But I know a lot of people look at the Bulls and they think that it's a kind of a dire situation, like we don't really have a bright future. Is that the same kind of the thought process you have about the Bulls, Stephen? So before I get into the Bulls specifically, I do just want to um, make a point here that the NBA really last few years, ever since I know the Warriors won last year, so maybe the dynasty isn't quite over yet, but – 
we've seen with since the Lakers won and then the Warriors won and the Bucks won. The NBA's been more wide open than ever for somebody mm-hmm. to really get into title contention and win it all. So that's why you see Cleveland, who didn't even make the playoffs last year, trade all of his protected first for Donovan Mitchell. That's why Minnesota, who's only made the playoffs once in 13 years, traded all those unprotected first for Rudy Gobert. That's why Chicago pushed all the ships in to get Bonzo and DeRozan and Vucevic. Um, the season, the trade deadline prior to that offseason. It's, and now, of course, the Langan did the same thing with DeJounte Murray and pairing him with Trey Young. So I just preface that to say that the NBA has been wide open. And that's why a lot of these mid tier teams that probably should have just gone the tanking direction rather went the, okay, let's throw everything in to get a star direction. And now Chicago kind of finds themselves in this situation. Um, Chicago, I definitely agree agree with you that, yes, the, as I said, it is wide open, especially in the East, but I don't think Chicago's one of those contenders. I mean, Brooklyn's won 11 in a row, so they seem to be legit. Boston and Milwaukee is a cream of the crop. As you guys know, I'm a Sixers fan, and I'm hoping that, you know, they were just on an 8-9 game win streak. I'm hoping they are a legitimate contender. And, the, and Cleveland is the fifth team that I think might the, ha, realistically have a shot. So, sure, can Chicago maybe get that sixth seed? Sure, if Toronto does blow it up, like I just said, and Chicago decides to go the opposite route, sure, maybe. But I I had Eric Pingus on my pod last week, and we talked about Lonzo Ball, and he has a lot of insider information, so please don't aggregate this, but he's saying he's hearing Lonzo Ball's knee might be another rendition of Brandon Roy, where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just one surgery after another after another, and he's had what? At least two knee surgeries, then he might have had a third, and he still can't walk up steps. Like, if so, I'm a Bulls fan, and as an NBA fan, that's concerning to me. And I know Keith and I, when Keith came on Bird Rights earlier this summer, we talked about how worried we were about Lonzo Ball. To me, it's still a 10, it's been a 10, and it's going to be a 10 until I can see him play again. So it sounds like we all agree, we're all on the page of if the Bulls decide they're going to trade assets. It's not trading Patrick Williams and Kobe White and Io mm-hmm. to bolster this yeah. the elder elder statesman. It's we're gonna trade the the older guys and reset around the the under twenty five club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just I'm gonna th- go ahead and throw out a trade because you keep bringing up Toronto. What about just Zach for Pascal? I mean, I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. I love Pascal Siakam, and I think, I think you know, I think the Bulls fandom has soured a bit on Zach, and I'm not going to say I've, I've soured on Zach. I think Zach is what he is. He is a, I, I hate to say one-dimensional player because he does score from three levels, but he is, he's going to score. He's a scorer. That's his role on the basketball court. Pascal Siakam is going to play both sides of the ball, so I, I prefer players like that. I, I love Jimmy Butler, but he's on the team, you know, Etc. So, uh, so yeah, I would love it personally as a Bulls fan. I don't think Toronto goes for that. Um, what do you What do you think, Stephen? <laughs> I don't think Toronto. I think I, I get the idea of it, but no, I don't think Toronto's going to go for that at all. I mean, I guess the good thing is that Zach Levine is on a longer term contract. He's only have one year on his deal after this year. But I I don't know. I I, I think. Siakam's a better player, and I, not only that, I think if the Bulls do decide to trade Levine, I don't think that's the direction they should go, because does Siakam make them a contender? I don't think so. I think he's a better player, but even if that was something Toronto would be interested in, I just don't see that pushing the Bulls to the next level. Well, that was one I just came up with off the top of my head, so I, I don't necessarily love it, but I do love Pascal, so I, I wouldn't hate seeing him in a Bulls Yeah, Siakam's a phenomenal <laughs> player. He's... He's unbelievable. He keeps getting better every year. Yeah. All right, Keith. So give me one of yours. Yeah. So I and unfortunately, um, the ESPN trade machine, you know, obviously nixed all mine that I had earlier. But I'm recreating them as we're talking here. Uh, and I did have one here that I thought was kind of realistic here. Uh, and this isn't even necessarily getting young players in return. But I think uh, just to back up here real quick, Trey, I am in agreement with you that you know, uh, it does look more like the Bulls would trade their veterans that have value right now. Uh, two other contending teams, and then go ahead and take back your know, picks or bloated contracts. But I, yeah, so let me, let me let me flip this to you guys here. Uh, so DeMar DeRozan to the uh, Dallas Mavericks uh, in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie and JaVale McGee. And there will probably be like maybe hmm, a second round pick coming back in that. 
I mean, I don't know. I think there would have to be some kind of pay compensation coming back on that. Because I'm not, I mean, Dinwiddie on 20 mil doesn't seem like a high value contract to me. I think DeMar obviously does gives more value to the, the Mavericks at this point. I don't know. Do you think the Bulls can squeeze a, a first round pick out of that, that kind of trade? I do. Yeah. That's a low value on DeMar, I feel like. Well, and the, but the thing would be the first round pick, and it would be like a twenty, you know, twenty six or twenty seven. It'd be, it'd be like in the future, right? So you're hoping that something goes horribly awry with Luka Doncic, he signs somewhere else, or you know, gets hurt or something, and all of a sudden you're sitting on maybe a lottery pick, and so you get a lottery pick, and you get Dinwiddie, which you know the Bulls, uh, no Lonzo, the Bulls really do struggle at that point guard position. I still, I still believe that is one of the things that's really holding this team back. Uh, so I'm willing to. I guess I'm willing to eat that Dinwiddie contract and see how it plays out with him for the next two years. It looks like he has two years left on his deal uh, next to like Zach. And, you know, I mean, Vooch might would probably be gone at that point. But, you know, you've got Patrick Williams, you got Dale and Terry, you know, these young guys, Kobe White. Um, see how that I mean, see how that crew goes and uh, and continue to rebuild. I mean, it wouldn't be the only trade they would do. But it would be like the first domino to fall. And I, I think you do have to get a first-round pick now that I'm thinking about it. I think you have to get a first-round pick. You need some kind of young asset, whether that's Josh Green or Jaden Holiday. I mean, you need some. I mean, JaVale McGee are taking on bad money. And then Dinwiddie only has $10 million guaranteed next year. So you could theoretically wave Dinwiddie, open up that extra $11 million cap space. And do uh, you definitely. The Bulls' direction is acquire as many assets they can if they decide to trade these guys. And sure, Dinwiddie's a fine player, but you need some kind of young, some kind of yeah, young. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I I would also need like the first round pick and and Hardy. Like I would need more sweeteners. So so well, you, my can get, you can get Josh you can get Josh Green back. I just did this here. So I, you can I'm get not Dinwiddie super Josh, excited about I'm Josh not super Green. excited about Josh Green either. Go ahead. What do you have? Trey? So, so my first DeMar trade is to the Wizards. So let's say Beal is like, look, I, I want a third guy here. I need a star with me and Porzingis. So you trade DeMar, you get Taj Gibson, you get Kyle Kuzma, you get Monty Morris, and you get a first-round pick in 2025. Kuzma, he's a young guy. He's six foot nine. He can play small ball center. He's a power forward. Maybe the Wizards don't want to invest in the money they're going to have to spend to keep him around long term. Whereas, you know, the Bulls, they, they don't like to spend money, but maybe they would. Um, I love Kuzma. I think he's a great player in the way in the way the NBA is trending. And I just I think he would be a great asset to get back along with that first round pick in the future if things don't work out in Washington. Any thoughts on that one, Steven? So, as I said, I had Eric Pinkus on last week, Bird Rights, and him and I talked about Kuzma for a little bit. He's definitely not going to stay in Washington. He has a player option next year, so he's definitely going to opt out. And word on the street is that he either wants to play for a contender or a big market. So I feel like for the Bulls to want to do that trade, they'd have to have some kind of handshake agreement with him that, sure, we'll trade for you, and then we'll sign you to this four-year, $100 million similar deal that John Collins got, even though John Collins got a fifth year. But that's the kind of pilot I think Kuzma is at this point, that he's going to be worth 23 to $25 million a year. So if the Bulls are willing to pay that, then sure, and they have a handshake agreement that he wants to be in a bigger market and kind of be a face of a franchise, then yeah, maybe. But again, I just, guys on expiring deals just don't have the value that they used to have. So... I think because of that, I do think you. I think you guys are understanding a little bit what you could get for Drew Rosen. I'm yeah. I'm trying to toy with because I'm trying to think of teams. So basically, what I'm trying to do when I was trying to do this, and I had three or four lined up, so, but they all got deleted on me, unfortunately. But um, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to think like what team really needs a scoring punch, and I keep coming back to the same team over and over and over again, and that's the Miami Heat. Like they just they lack scoring. That's absolutely the one thing that they lack. Um, that's the one thing that Demar brings. He doesn't bring any defense. I can almost guarantee that. No help side defense. I mean, he brings effort here and there, uh, but his defense is pretty suspect at times. Um, but you know, I still love him as a player. He's still a very talented offensive player. I, I'm trying to work something with the Heat here, and I don't have. There's nothing good. I the think Heat it, are a very difficult team that mm-hmm. I think is just going to stand pat at the deadline because unless the team's going to be wanting to take on the behemoth Justin uh, or not the Duncan Robinson contract, right. it's going to yeah. be a salary match. And even if you throw in all the depot, he has a one-year no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. they have the um they have the second year pre bird rights contract for him that he has a one year no take. Well, so unless well, I've got to- I've got one more. If you guys thought we were under underselling okay. the Demar, yeah. Um, what about out in Phoenix? We've got. Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton for DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. I like that for Chicago. I don't think Phoenix would do it though. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't I don't necessarily think they would either unless things really aren't like maybe Ayton really doesn't like being in Phoenix and he's just like, okay, I I'm gonna play the good soldier, but I want you guys to trade me. When could he be traded? Chris, Paul, Chris Paul's getting old he's, older. He could you know, be the, traded. They have a uh, – he can be traded sometime in January, I think. I know January it's six months, six months after his contract was matched. So I believe that is before the deadline. But he can't go to Indiana for a year because Indiana is the team that initially signed him. Mm. And he, he has he has a, a trade veto, basically. Yeah, for, uh, for the For this first year. So he would have to approve it. He would have to want out. Like, they're – it's it's a lot less likely. Yes, I, I I concede that, but I'm shooting for the stars here, guys. Mm-hmm. And this this is best so, case scenario. That is the best case scenario. So That's let me bring up a DeRozan trade that has been speculated upon by Bill Simmons and the Ringer, and a, and I think you guys know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. But DeRozan and Vucevic to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook in that 27 and 29 first. Um, yeah. I, I know I'm. I'm not a big advocate of, oh, yeah, the Lakers need to trade those 27 to 29 first to do. I, I think the Lakers are going to stink no matter what they do. So I, I think they should just hold those picks. But I'm saying if they decide, okay, look, Anthony Davis is coming back, LeBron's 38, so we need to execute on this window now. I think a package like that where I don't think DeRozan is going to get two first on his own, and I don't think Vucevic is going to get a single first on his own. Maybe he does if it's a late one, but I think, you know, you get both of them. A first for each of them, and then you get a Westbrook's expiring contract where you open up all that cap space next year. I, I do think that is appealing, a, a trade along those lines, because I do think you guys were underselling a little bit what DeRozan's trade value is. So Yeah, no, I think uh, we discussed it before, Trey, and you know we came, came to the agreement, I think, you know, if, if it came down to that, we wanted to see how the Bulls – played over this easier part of their schedule because they had the second hardest schedule, uh, strength of schedule, just strength of schedule through the first, I think it was 30 games or something like that. Uh, but now we've, we've gotten through the next 10 or so games and uh, we're still not, not liking what we're seeing. So, uh, so we are, I mean, as that continues to happen, as we close to a trade deadline, I think if we get closer to that trade deadline, I could see that happening, you know, like around the trade deadline on the trade deadline, somewhere around there where the bulls kind of just say, all right, screw it. You know what? Boom. Reset button. Uh, this is this is fine. We're going to take this. And I think it's a fair trade. I think it works both ways. I think if ways. the Lakers put it on the table, yeah, the Bulls have to seriously look at it. Because even if you don't want to wait until that long to use those picks, like we've said on previous podcasts, you can use those picks – Mm-hmm. As tools to trade for mm-hmm. yeah to trade for other other pieces. So I think if that was on the table, the Bulls would definitely have to look at that. And that would be like you said, Demar and Fuchs mm-hmm. for Westbrook and both of those picks. Um, do you have do you have any Zach trades? I did not do any Zach trades. I got another Demar one though. Let me run this by you because this is the one I was probably most excited about. And. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, that's one I'm probably most excited about here. And this involves the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, I have DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso going to the Warriors, which, you know, I, I know that they are, have said before they're interested in Caruso. Caruso kind of fits what they're trying to do there. Um, he brings a defense. He would be a good fit, I think, for that team. Uh, but DeMar DeRozan and, and Caruso to the Golden State Warriors while uh, coming back would be Draymond Green, James Wiseman, and Moses Moody. That's that's good young talent. And I think Warriors have good young talent. They have a lot of like stacked young talent, which is why I keep gravitating towards making a deal with them. But do you think that's something that the Warriors go for? I mean, let me throw it to you, Trey. Do you think that's – first of all, let me ask you from a Bulls standpoint – is that something you're interested in with Wiseman, Moody, and Draymond Green coming on the team? I'm out on Wiseman. I'd rather have Kaminga. I just I'm he he had like two good games in the G League. He and then if you look at his plus minus, he couldn't even dominate. He couldn't dominate in the G League. And Marco Simonovic dominates the G League. So I'm pretty well out on Wiseman. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would hold out for something more with DeMar, but Kaminga Kaminga's the guy who really catches my eye. Kaminga is nice. He's athletic. I still I, I'm still on the Wiseman train. I still believe what I've seen uh with my own eyes. And I, I know what you're saying about the G League. I think it's it's hard to do that though, because you have guys that dominate the G League all the time that don't come to the NBA and they can't do squat, and then you have vice versa, where guys that are in the NBA, you're in the G League and you think, oh, they're gonna dominate and they don't necessarily do that. Um, I think it's who, who, who's gone down to the G league and not dominated. Well, Wiseman, <laughs> there's one now, uh, off the top of my head. I don't have a, a specific guy, but I, I'm sure if I do some digging tray, I can find somebody that had to go to a G league game to rehab from an injury and did not dominate. So there you go. Uh, but no, it's a good, it's a good, good question. Um, but anyways, I'm still on that Wiseman train. I think that, um, he just, it, it's 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 about situation. I don't think he's in the right situation in in Golden State. I just don't think it's the right play style. I don't think it's utilizing his talents you know the right way. I think he's very very athletic. I think he's a decent. I, I do one hundred percent give you that. We, you watched like Kelly Oubre. He went to the Warriors and floundered because some players just don't thrive in that play style. It's it's yeah, a different it's, ecosystem. It's the same with the Spurs, right? You know, people go to that team and they're they're decent players and they're just not necessarily good in that in that system in that environment. So I I, I want to see Wiseman outside of that environment. I'm hoping that the Warriors move Wiseman because I think he can be a very good player in this league. Um, honestly, so I'm still on that train, but. Yeah, I just I, I I keep gravitating towards that Golden State Warriors team, and I know you said Kaminga. I mean, I think I think there is a way you can get Kaminga in these trades here, but I think everyone values Kaminga really highly, so I think you're you're kind of buying it at a high point with that. But um, Stephen, you know, do you have any thoughts here about a potential Bulls Warriors trade? I mean, would that work, or you know, what, what do you see? What do you see there if they wanted to get Demar Derozan uh, and Caruso, or maybe Vooch and Caruso, something like that? So I don't hate it. I I don't know which direction Golden State's going to go if they want to push the chips some more to try to get another championship or if they're going to, you know, be willing to utilize the youth movement. And, you know, Dray- Draymond Green might not even resign. Or I, I think at this point he opts to his player option and next year is his last year on the team. But either way, that's story for another day. So I, I could see Golden State going either way, saying, no, nah, we're good, or absolutely, let's do it. But Alex Caruso, I don't like that you're just kind of throwing him in for, it seems like, salary purposes just to get the two younger guys. I mean, Robert Covington two years ago with two years left on his deal went for two first-round picks. Caruso you have this year, next year, and one more non-guaranteed deal. So you have two and a half years of Caruso at less than the mid-level exception. I think you he might have the most trade value than Vucevic or DeRozan. I think he might honestly get the most out of the three. Well, now you're talking me up. I got to get Kaminga now. Uh, well, one, I, one of my I, trades I had was just Caruso for Kaminga and Patrick Baldwin Jr. Hmm. Was if the war like if the Warriors are really struggling and they think okay, this we really only have one or two more you know this year and next year left for the Steph you know title chances, mm-hmm. do they bite the bullet on Kaminga? And say okay, well this is worth it to make sure we we get in the top six to get Caruso in there. Because it, it is getting down to the nitty-gritty. Instead of asking for, you know, a bunch of the young guys, just getting one in Kaminga. Instead of, you know, Kaminga, Moody, White, you know, just the one, but the best one. I – it's so hard to value a trade like that because, one, I'm not going to say front office, obviously. I, I say, yeah, I'm a front office expert. I could assess what these guys are worth. But I have no idea what any individual team would do. I think maybe value-wise – the Bulls might have to throw in a little bit more, but I, I could conceivably see. I just said Cruz is worth about two first-round picks, so I can't say, oh, yeah, he's worth two first-round picks, and then, nah, they wouldn't give Kaminga for him. I, I, I don't know what they would do, but I— Maybe a future yeah, I do top like four protected pick. The one um, Keith came up with, just because I do think Caruso— and you have to think about the salary. Cruz is only at $9 million this year. You don't need to give up another star or high price guy— to get him the same way you would DeRozan or Levine. Like, if you're getting DeRozan, let's say Dallas. Let's just go back to Dallas. You have to give Dinwiddie and, as you said, JaVale, but let's say Dinwiddie and Reggie Bullock. You're giving two rotation players for DeRozan. As opposed to Caruso, you just give two first and attach 
JaVale McGee and a minimum and you're there. And then you're getting an extra rotation player without losing any. So that's really where the contracts come into play that, yes, I'm not saying Caruso is a better player than DeRozan. I'm not saying that by any means. But I do think Caruso does have more trade value on the open market, given his contract that he signed, Mm. than DeRozan does. Because you could just bring him in for a mid-tier salary guy, not lose any rotation players, and just give up whatever picks you have to give up for him. As a Sixers fan, I would love it. We don't have any first to give up because of the James Harden deal, but I would love it if we found a way to get out to any any title contender is going to want Caruso as a first guard off the bench. Every single one. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. I think that's a, a really good point there, and uh, it's something to obviously keep in mind. It's not necessarily, like you said, that he's a better player or anything like that. It's just that the salary is what makes us the most attractive. Salary, his production for that salary, and the fact that you don't have to give up anything uh, in terms of like value that that's right now, no, no current value do, to get him. Do you have any more Caruso trades, Keith? I have one more. Go shoot, shoot it. Go for it. What do you got? I've got Caruso and Bradley for uh, Dorian Finney Smith. Get Caruso down there in Dallas to have another playmaker connector with Luca. Um, and I know Finney Smith, it would be a high price to pay for him, but uh, that's the price to get Caruso on your team for a few years. I think I like that. I think okay, I so are we are we that high on Finney Smith? I'm not that high on Finney Smith. I don't know. I mean, I think he's a decent. I know player. Dallas is high on Finney Smith, so I don't know if they do it. Yeah. But let me see. I'm looking up age. They're relatively the same age. I want to say. Well, Dorian Finney Smith is 29. Cruz is younger than that. Cruz is 28. He's 28. Like so, he just. So oh, he's yeah. He's turning 29 in February 28th. And then you're adding him to the Bulls, so like, let me ask you this trade. If you do that trade, you know, what what are we doing with Patrick Williams or Derek Jones Jr. or like, you know, how is that rotation looking? Where does where does Derek DFS slide to the rotation? Uh, I think he probably starts over Patrick mm-hmm. Williams, but I think you just slot them all down. Patrick Williams comes off the bench um, when you play. You can play more small ball because I don't think Vooch is the center of the future. I think. The league is moving towards having guys who are more switchable, who can play more small ball. And you want to have the one big guy who can come, you know, have Booch come off the bench. You know, ideally, that's that's one of the reasons I liked Kuzma earlier on. But I think Finney Smith, I think he's just such a versatile defender. He's such a smart defender. And we've watched the Bulls these last couple of weeks when they've been successful. It's whenever they've had quick, reactive defenders getting in passing lanes, being disruptive. And Dorian Finney-Smith, he's the type of defender that the Bulls need from that forward position. And as much as I love Caruso, we have Io, um, we have Lonzo or whatever we can get back for him in a trade. We we have, we don't need guards. We need bigger bodies. So you're speaking of Vooch. I do have a trade here. because um, I was thinking, you know, if, I'm, if we're going to move Vooch, he's only in a one-year deal. Um, how does that work? So I guess, Steve, this is a good question for you because I'm not t- entirely familiar with how this works, but like he's only on a year deal. So obviously that decreases his trade value because he could just walk at the end of the year. But like, can he, can he sign and extend? He, he can. Um, we saw that happen a few times this off season with like Robert Covington with the Clippers. He extended on like June 30th, right before the new league year started, which is July 1st. So you could extend him for, up to 120% of what he's making. So he's making 22 million. And he's going to be taking, he's not, he's going to be taking a pay cut. He's going to be taking a pay cut, but I I think you'd be surprised at what he could get just because the new TV deal will be in place at the end of that contract. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't shock me if he did get similar money to what he's making now, starting at either, 22 million and then five percent raises or even was drunk or it's 20, too late in the evening you could probably i, I don't know vucevic is a hard guy because as trey said i agree with him that he's not switchable he doesn't he could stretch the floor but he's not like an elite shooter by any means he's still more of a back to the basket big man so and he's what 32 years old so i don't really know how much the bulls are gonna want to extend him on big money so yeah. we need to address the elephant in the room here. The Bulls owe their top four protected first-round pick to the Magic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yes, they could blow it up. And even if they end up with the worst record in the NBA, which seems unlikely at this point, even if they trade off, they still only have a 48% chance of keeping that pick. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just considering that pick lost, really, at this yeah, point. So, I, yeah. So it makes me think, sure, the Bulls could blow it up. They probably should blow it up. But, like, you're blowing up and you're not getting a pick this year. Like, that sucks. Well, that's why the Westbrook trade still makes sense, though, because you're not necessarily blowing. you still got Westbrook, who is a decent player. I mean, I've got my issues with Westbrook, and we all have issues with Westbrook. He plays at one pace at all times, and sometimes that's a, to the detriment of the team. But, you know, you, you still get just like Washington had with Westbrook. You know, you get one year of Westbrook who could you know, potentially average a triple-double. Like, sure, go for it. Don't, don't uh, try and talk yourself into Westbrook. Stop. Well, no, I don't. No, no. I don't want him to stick around. But I'm saying he's only – I mean, he's an expiring deal, so you get that one I don't want. I don't want him to suit up. Well, he would try to rehab his value, though, I would think. Well, he, he, I only could, he kind of has good. rehabbed his value a little yeah. bit. Yeah, because he's been pretty right, good. Right, yeah, like Westbrook's, so. Westbrook's been good. Like, they don't they don't want to move him but, necessarily but like, like they did. But I don't want him playing for the Bulls because I want the young – if we're trading away these guys, that means we want the young guys to develop. How are Io and Patrick Williams and, you know, these younger guys going to develop with Russell Westbrook out there? None of them are point guards. That's that's my whole problem with the team right now because we don't have Lonzo. I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's just the reality. But Russell of the Westbrook isn't the type of point guard who develops talent around him. It's not like they're playing with a Chris Paul type or a Ricky Rubio type. They're playing with a guy who's going to hog the ball. Like, yay, Patrick mm-hmm. Williams is going to develop his stand in the corner ability. Yeah, I don't know. I. I don't think he's that. Bad. So I, I've got one more for I've got one <laughs> no, for Lonzo. Good, go Lonzo. Good. So let's say the team is like, okay, we just want to we want to compete this year, but Lonzo, you know, Lonzo's out. He's probably not coming back. I've been on it. It's it's Lonzo Ball, and then you got to throw in Andre Drummond, Derek Jones Jr., and Tony Bradley. But you get Gordon Hayward, Kai Jones, Bryce McGowan's is a throw-in, but you get Gordon Hayward, Kai Jones, and a 2024 first-round pick for Lonzo Ball pretty well. You get to reunite the Ball brothers, which keeps LaMelo happy. Uh, The Hornets, they're a franchise who probably would like to keep their star happy and not looking to, you know, run away now that his running mate Bridges is God knows what with that legal situation. Um Gordon Hayward, he's expiring next year. If the Hornets are looking to tank, it's better to not have him playing and to have Lonzo, who can just be out for the whole year. And then Kai Jones gets to come in and be the center of the future, potentially. And they just drafted Mark Williams. So, again, they have uh, an abundance of center prospects. I think it's a good one. I like it. Um, And I like – I think the one thing that, you know – when it comes to trading Lonzo, and I know Stephen had asked this before uh, on Twitter, I think it was but between us, you know, is it time to just trade Lonzo and try to cut your losses? So I think that is what you're doing there is you're just you're, you're taking a guy that's not playing currently in the rotation and you're just trying to add something to the rotation. I like Gordon Hayward. I think he's a decent player. I think, he, you know, obviously he could slot in uh, as the starting small forward or, or even off the bench if we ha- if he has to. But uh, I do like that. And I like Kai Jones. I'm pretty high on him. Uh, you know, in the future here. So, uh, Stephen, how do you feel about that, man? It's something I could foresee the Lonzo to Charlotte noise that Trey's coming up with. But Charlotte's not giving you a 2024 first for a guy who you don't even know is going to play and is not going to pass a medical right now. How about how about his top four protected? They're not trading. They're not trading that pick. Maybe, maybe if it's like highly protected. What'd you say, Trey? I'm sorry. Oh, what what in my in my uh, my uh, trade picture here? I actually do have it top four protected. Yeah, and you could even you could even have it be a protection to where it it doesn't say round off to next the next first round. It could be one where if it doesn't convert, it immediately goes to twenty twenty five second. Well, I'm looking at Charlotte's picks, and they owe their pick this year to the Spurs, but it's top sixteen protected, so obviously it's not going to convey. So it looks like the earliest first they'd even be able to trade might not be until 2028. Because they, they could amend the protection on the Spurs pick to make it. Right, but then the Spurs have yeah. to be willing to do that. So Spurs should um, be a Hornets off. I, I think, I think <laughs> especially given uh, given the disappointing news on Lonzo's knee, I'd, all, I'd almost be willing to do the pick even without first-rounders, just getting I, Gordon Hayward and Kai Jones. Yeah, I, I think it's decent. What you're looking at. 
Yeah. Um, let me bring up Alonzo trade. Mm-hmm. I think the perfect fit for Alonzo right now is the Clippers. Mm. The Clippers have an endless amount of money to spend. Mm-hmm. Steve Palmer's the richest owner in sports. They have the second biggest luxury tax bill. They have been playmakers to, you know, bring in to potentially next year or the following year contracts. So you have Paul George and you have Kawhi to playmate with him. I, I think that's a perfect fit for Alonzo. The return isn't going to be great. The Clippers don't have any first to trade. But let's say you just, for salary purposes, you get Robert Covington back and Amir Coffey. You get a young wing. You get Covington who could provide you some value, who you can flip at the deadline next year if that's your value you want to go. But neither of those guys are in the Clippers' rotation. So for them, they're not giving up anything of value that's in the rotation right now, and they're getting their potential point guard of the future when they – that's the gaping hole in that roster if Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. So, so what do what do the Bulls get back? Covington and Emil Coffey. No. And then make like a, <laughs> no, yeah. Or something. Uh, no, here, it's, here's it's my overwhelming. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. I would rather I would rather just wait on Lonzo and hope he comes well, back. And I, he's I, I 80 percent of what he was. I have a Clippers one too, and I, there are some people on the Clippers I'm interested in. But you said you had a Clippers one, Trey. Oh, yeah, but it, it's a big one. Go ahead with yours. Um, so, yeah, mine's smaller here. I'm just trying to recreate it real quick because I had one here, and that just you know, what you guys were talking about just kicked it back into my, in my mind here. Um, but I had Vooch actually going to the Clippers. I don't know I don't know how you guys feel about that, but for me, I'm looking at Michael Zubac, and I'm like, I mean, they don't even play him all the time. Like, there are some, there are some uh, matchups where they just, like, can't play him. Like, he'll just play 20 minutes or something like that. And, like, I think he's an okay player. I think Vooch is a better, more skilled player, for sure. But the guy on the on the Clippers I'm interested in here and getting back in a tr- potential trade would be Terrence Mann. Uh, I'm really interested in the man. I like his game. Uh, not necessarily a score, but more of, like, a defender, glue guy, uh, very, very good bench player. So, like, here – so I had just Vooch going to the Clippers, and in return we get Marcus Morris Sr., uh, Terrence Mann – and I don't think you can get his first as, uh, you know, as Steven said. So maybe maybe two seconds or something like that. So it, it's not a huge, great return. But I do get the guy from the Clippers I want to get back. And I don't think Marcus Moore Sr. is bad either. So um, Keith, I'm sorry. I missed it. Who would you say this trade was for? Lonzo? No, no this would be for Vooch. Vooch going, yeah, going to the Clippers. I got it. Yeah. For, and, for Mann and Marcus Morris? And two seconds. I don't hate it's it. Not, I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a huge return. It's not like it's it's like wowing anybody. But I think those are two decent rotation players you're getting back. Uh and you're giving out just Vooch. And I, I again I like Mann uh as a future prospect as I don't think he's ever gonna be a, an all star or a scorer or a star or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a very solid bench player for, for years. So I like it. Yeah, I think it's decent. I mean uh but no I I, I Lonzo going to the Clippers. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that just doesn't jive. I, I did not have Lonzo going to the Clippers. No, so. it, it doesn't. It doesn't jive. Uh, I mean, earlier, like, you, you think that they're going to try to maximize Kawhi and, and Paul George? I, I mean, they've got three years left on their deal, but I don't know. That's just, I don't think they take that gamble. Go ahead. Oh, a minute ago, Steven said that uh, he, you know, what the Clippers have plenty of, and he said money. I thought he was going to say depth. <laughs> and so that too. I've got I've got what if the Bulls are like, you know what, Zach, you want to be in L.A. so bad, but we will we will grant you your wish. So it's it's Zach Levine and Andre Drummond for Norman Powell, Zubach, Kennard and Mann. Zubach gets to come back and be the center of the, the future, replacing Vooch long term. We get your man, man. Kennard comes in. He's a knockdown shooter. And Powell's been playing great. I don't hate it. They get I, Zach to run with Kawhi and Paul George. They still have, you know, some pretty decent depth. And they get, you know, the window's open now. They've got like a good two-year, three-year stretch maybe. Zach, at his high end, I, he's, I think he'd be worth it. 
that's kind of the the reset button that we're all <laughs> we're all kind of hesitant to press because you feel like the Bulls are invested in Zach Levine. Is that too much, Stephen, for for Zach? Four guys. I don't think it's too much, but I think the issue is if you want to trade Zach, you're going to want to recoup some kind of assets. Mm-hmm. And I know Zubach and Man are both nice pieces. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I hear you. I agree. You're looking for the you're looking for the trade with a whole like, bunch of first round I would round rather picks. have going back to the Lakers well again and again. I'm not a big proponent of sending everybody to the Lakers just because they need to make a move. I don't think they should make a move. But Zach Levine is clutch, so you know there's going to be interest. Keep in mind, Zach Levine was traded to the Bulls and then became a restricted free agent, signed with Sacramento, and then they matched it. And he played out his contract with the Bulls, and now he only re-signed with the Bulls this year, in my opinion, because nobody had money and the Bulls were the only team that were able to pay him as much as he got. So who's to say Zach Levine even is – loving playing in Chicago. I think with the Lakers, so, he played at UCLA. So here's, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, really the argument is, if we want to blow it up, do we think the Bulls should get, like like this, a, a gr- four guys who are all quality players, but no, no, no potential stars, or should they go for high-end draft picks? Should they go for the potential lottery picks? For me, I just, I, I have faith in the front office to turn it around. If, if they really are going to invest, the Bulls can be a premier type franchise where they can. I I just I believe that type of stuff. And with the lottery odds being what they are, if the if the Bulls suck, like if the Bulls aren't good and they have like the eighth best odds, yeah, there's Victor this year. But if you look at the draft the next three years, it's not like there's a prospect that's standing out like Victor has been these last few years. Everyone who is into draft stuff has known about Victor for for years. This isn't this isn't a surprise. So, for me, I would rather the Bulls not be a laughing stock of a franchise and just continue to build rather than trade away all their assets and be in Oklahoma City Thunder and have, you know, 100 picks but no players. Which isn't fair. They yeah. have they have players too, but yeah. No, I don't you want to take the path of least, least resistance. I think that's probably the smartest play always. And everyone wants Victor Womayama. So it's not like you're not going to take your way to Victor at this point. It's just it's just not going to happen. You've got such a low percentage chance of that happening. Um, the Bulls aren't tanking. So I, it, with that being said, I do have one here that's more of like a shuffle. You shuffle the roster around instead of being like a rebuild or anything like that. But, you know, the Hornets need a center still. I know they have Mark Williams. I know he's been playing well, but he's not there yet. He's not a starting center yet. Mason Plumley, not really a starting center. So you trade Vooch to the to the Hornets, and in return you get Kelly Oubre Jr. and Mason Plumley. So, huh? And they're both they're all on one they're year all deals. Firing deals. They're all yeah they're all on their last year of their deals. So it's really just a reshuffling of you know hey you need a center, we need a wing still. I mean we we always want wings why not? Kelly Oubre is decent. And Plumlee, you know, he can be a, a backup, and Drummond can just start. See how that works out. Yeah, um, I just don't – I don't know, because the Hornets are in this weird spot where they thought they were going to be competitive, and now they have second mm-hmm. record in the league. And I just don't see what 30 games of Vucevic is going to do for them when they could slip Oubre and Plumlee for more assets, which mm-hmm. is the direction they probably should go. So – I, I like it for the Bulls if they just want to say, okay, let's try to get a playing spot and see what we could do mm-hmm. and add a wing and a decent center. But I think at that point, if that's all you're getting, there's two expiring guys that you're probably just going to lose after the year. You might just just be better not doing anything, extending Vucevic for maybe two seasons after this year, and then you know reassessing next year. And if you need to flip picks then when you have your – or flip guys then when you have your own picks, maybe do it then. You're probably right. <laughs> like I, think either, I, I don't think that trade pushes the Bulls to a level. Well, okay, now we can contend, so it's worth doing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's how, why. Yeah, how, how underwhelming of a trade would that be after everything <laughs> gave up from Fears? Let's just that let's just not be. even discuss that one, sir. Well, yeah, but that is about about where his trade value is at this point, unfortunately. I do have I do have a bunch of Vucevic um potential teams that would target him list. Yeah, yeah give me a list, good. So I have Brooklyn, 
who mm-hmm. actually I'm not sure would even want Fusevic with how well Nick Claxton's been defense. playing really well. Yep. Yeah. But Brooklyn is a team that clearly has a glaring hole, at least as a backup center. If they think, mm-hmm. okay, Claxton is – if we play these guys each 24 minutes a night, then absolutely it's the offense-defense dynamic with the two centers. Dallas, who mm-hmm. same thing. Same thing, though, they'd have him and Christian Wood. Then neither of them could really play defense, and they both – Wood's more athletic and is a little bit rangier, but Vucevic is a bigger body. But I could see Dallas. The Clippers we already talked about. The Lakers we already talked about. I have the Pelicans on the list, but I don't think Valen- – I think Vucevic might be a downgrade to Valanciunas at this point. Mm. So I think the only way the Pelicans would do something, if they were to get like a Miles Turner and for the Valanciunas to a third team, something mm. like that. Um, the Knicks and Toronto. Those are that's my list. Of right, he's got that's a big list though. That which shows he does have more value than I think the the Vooch haters like Keith. <laughs> I'm not a Vooch hater. I am not. I I am a usually a Vooch defender in my uh, my group texts and stuff like that. So I've become a Zach Levine defender too this year, which is really freaking surprising. It's just terrible how one season can change people's entire viewpoints on people. And you know, look, I mean, I don't think Zach Levine's like an elite player. In, I don't think he's a top five or ten player in the league. But I still think he's a very, very decent player, and uh, y'all just need to get off his back. But no, I think there is a good, good list of, of teams that would take um, I, the ones that you mentioned, though, Stephen, uh, for Vooch. I would say the Toronto Raptors would be the one that would interest me the most. They probably have the most to give, but like, who would they give? I mean, who you know, who's going to be the guy that they give up in a Vooch trade? If they give up Chris Boucher in a deal, I think you guys should be all over that. Hmm. How that many, was how many who I had Boucher? in mind, but I just... How, is, how many years does Boucher have as a contract? They just resigned him. I think he has three years. So this year... Oh. Two. Well, in that case, yeah. I I'm pulling up the cash now, but I'm pretty sure he has two years left. So you could do something like, I don't know, Boucher, a second-round pick, and whatever salary you need, like uh, Thad Young going out of I was going to say it's Thad, Thad Young. Young. Can, <laughs> there you Thad go. Young That's all you got to say. Back. If Thad Young comes back, then then you got us sold. There you go. It's done. <laughs> but something along right, so, but So we've talked about all these trades, all these different things the, the Bulls yeah. could do. I said at the beginning, I want to ride it out with this team. I like the team. I think they're built to win in this NBA, maybe not necessarily the NBA in three years, but I – I want to see what the team is with Lonzo if he comes back next year. So that's where I'm at. Keith, do you want them to, to blow it up? No, I, no. I think if they're sub 500, though, I think that, you know, maybe my Kelly Oubre for Booch trade wasn't great and, you know, doesn't make sense for the Hornets. But I think it's something like that it, that you'll see at the trade deadline. I think they'll make some kind of like, you know, lineup shuffle type deal like where you trade. OK, here's my expiring guy for your expiring guy. Obviously, something's not working with this this dynamic. Um, I think, again, it's got to be them being sub 500 by the trade deadline. And so that's a little bit over a month away. So we've got a lot of basketball still between now and then to play. And the Bulls, as I said, could easily be 20 and 17 instead or 16 instead of 16 and 20. I mean, it's literally the you know four plays that, that went not the Bulls way. And uh, obviously, you know, law of averages, we're not saying all four you know should have gone the Bulls way. But you would think at least half of them, right? 50-50 type, type deal. And uh, th- that's not what happened. So uh, so I don't think, you know, I'm not entirely down on this team. I don't want to blow it up. Um, if I do blow it up, I'm not confident the Bulls can build it up around Zach Levine any better. I just don't, not it quickly enough that, you know, Zach's still going to be in his prime by the time that happens. Do you agree with me on that one, Trey? I do. And I think if you've watched, um, you know, before the, the blow up with Zach not putting in the effort on defense and post those games – there has been a, oh, yeah. a ramp up defensive effort. Mm-hmm. And if he continues to have that level of effort on the defensive end, it it make it's game changing. Like that that puts him into that that star tier that he wants to be in so bad. So I think if you if this core can't get it out of him, I I don't know what core will. The um, what was the what was the word? that the Bulls just kept talking about coming into the year. I don't think it was chemistry, but consistency. uh, Yeah. Consistent. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it was, it was just about having them all together, bringing this. And I know Lonzo's not there, but everybody else is. And if this team can't bring it out in each other, then that says something about uh, the players that aren't, you know, 
aren't putting forth the effort. That's what gave me some confidence that Lonzo would be back is that, you know, it was, they were really preaching, you know, we're going to bring this whole group back, back together. We like what they did first, you know, number one in the East for until Lonzo ball got hurt. And so I'm thinking, you know, Lonzo's going to be back. And then, I mean, plans change, you know, Lonzo doesn't look like he's going to be back. I'm, I mean, Steven said, you know, maybe we, maybe he'll never be back. And that's something that you have to be prepared for. So I do think, you know, I think that's also something that weighs on the Bulls, you know, front office mind is you know, what is the situation with Lonzo? Is he still experiencing pain when he's running and jumping? Uh, yikes. That's big yikes for me. Uh, and that's going to maybe influence us. You know, maybe we do pull the trigger on something close to the deadline uh, because of that. But any other thoughts, uh, Steve and Trey, before we head out of this thing? Yeah, so everyone just needs to remember when assessing Bulls trades that they're also, we didn't talk about this, but they're only $1.7 million under the tax. Mm. So, sure, a lot of the trades that you guys gave me through the trade machine, they work financially, mm. but they do put the Bulls into the tax, and that's something I don't think mm. would be wise for them. It's not something I don't think they'll do because they're not traditionally a tax-paying team, but also it wouldn't be wise for any team who's right now not even playing to – Dip in, because right now the luxury tax distribution is the largest ever. It's going to probably be $16 million dispersed to the 20 non-taxpaying teams. So is it worth going an extra $2 million in salary to get a little small upgrade when you can, you know, get the $16 million distribution? So that's something you guys need to think about. Yeah, it's a good point. Anything else, Trey, before we head out of here? I refuse to think about that. I will think strictly as a fan, and it's not my money. Burn that money up. (laughs) That's right. Spend it already. Jeez, come on. Uh, All right, guys, that's going to do it for us, though, here on the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at at BSBPKeith. Steve, I'm going to let you start, man. Where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at BirdRightsPod. As I said, the mock trade deadline is probably going to get underway sometime next week. So be on the lookout for that. I will be posting some spoilers, some teasers. I'm going to, you know, be interactive with a lot of you guys who are following me. Going to be posting some stuff on the site at SportsEthos.com. And, yeah, anything trade-related, any questions. Another thing I didn't mention is the Bulls are one of four teams that have the full tax or the full mid-level exception this year. Mm. This offseason right now projected salary wise. So that gives them an advantage over the other, you know, 26 teams that don't have that. So that's not. Bulls are winning at something. I like it. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Any front office questions, you guys could tweet at me, follow me on Twitter. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. And Trey, where can people find you, man? On Twitter at Final Finally. All right, guys, and please, wherever you're listening, do like and subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, I know we're only weekly right now. I'm trying to get that up a little bit uh, here between now and the end of the season. We'll see how that goes. But uh, just follow along. We will continue to talk goals at least weekly. Uh, And you can keep checking with us. But until next time, go Bulls.